Welcome to episode number 33 of the Jackson Hole Connection. I'm Stephan Abrams, your host and the CEO of the liquor store of Jackson Hole and Jackson Hole Marketplace. Today's guest is truly a special person, Rob Carrilla. Rob is currently the executive director of Your Grateful Nation, which is a nonprofit organization which guides special operators transition out of the service and enter the private sector. Rob was raised in an army family and grew up and moved all over the place. He served 26 years in the United States Army and the last seven years as a senior leader in the 7th Special Forces Group. Among his awards are the Legion of Merit, Distinguished Service Medals, the Bronze Star, and the Green Beret. Rob shares with us today his commitment to the brave special operators who have boldly served our nation. I'm so honored and delighted Rob accepted my invitation to be a guest on the Jackson Hole Connection today. Enjoy the show, connect with your Grateful Nation, and see how you can help them and they can help you. Before we begin, I have a quick word from one of our sponsors. The liquor store of Jackson Hole, locally owned and operated in Jackson Hole, Wyoming since 1985. Need help picking out wine for a date? No problem. The experienced team of TLS can help you and make you look like a master of wine and you take the credit. Want to know how to concoct the perfect scotch on the rocks? The TLS team can help and your taste buds will love you for it. Stop in and visit the friendly, awesome staff of the liquor store. Let us entertain you. Albertsons is next to us. The liquor store of Jackson Hole, located at 115 Buffalo Way, Jackson, Wyoming. Or you can visit us at tlsofjh.com. Rob, thank you for taking the time out of your short visit here to Jackson Hole. I'm so excited to have you here in the office. Um, you spoke to my Rotary Club yesterday, and I am thrilled to be sitting here and honored to be sitting here with you today. Well, it is certainly a pleasure to be here. Glad to do it. Rob, tell the audience a little bit about your background, how you grew up, but then you are a retired colonel as well. And then we'll transition into some other topics of the day. Right. Well, great. Uh, thank you for that, Stefan. Um, I think that uh, what I'd like to share with, with your audience uh, is certainly uh, the fact that for 26 plus years, I have been given the privilege uh, of leading the sons and daughters of great Americans. And uh, more specifically, I, I was afforded the opportunity uh, to participate in the defense of the country as a special operator uh, in several groups, uh, as well as sort of higher commands. And um, it has been my pleasure uh, since the time that I, I, I left the service to be able to help some of the other guys that are going through that same transition. Uh, as you might guess, Stefan, um, it is not an easy transition. Um, if it were, uh, or an organization like ours would not exist. So the organization that you're the executive director for is Your Grateful Nation. That's correct. And you help people transition into the private sector. That is exactly right, Stefan. We are um, focused specifically on a select organization within the broader defense department. Uh, and so what I mean when I say special operators are the, our Navy SEALs, our Army Green Berets, our special ops aviators, uh, and your Army Rangers, uh, and a handful of Air Force special ops commandos and special ops pilots. 
as well as uh, Marine Special Operators. When somebody leaves the service, what is it like to transition from being a special operator and into the private sector? Right. So a really great question and one that I, I think can't be overstated. So if I were to sort of paint a picture for you, our folks at a minimum have spent 10 years, but up to 25 years um, of day in, day out participation in an elite organization that is focused on one thing only. And so, as you might guess, the cultural norms and organizational behaviors are learned and become, over time, more and more apparent. However, despite the fact that these guys, again, represent the very best talent in the Department of Defense, whether, whether you sort of evaluate that on intellectual capacity, uh, physical and psychological resiliency, or sort of uh, leadership, these guys and girls represent the very finest, but they have challenges transmitting and applying that talent in the private sector. And so Your Grateful Nation sort of comes alongside them and helps them make that transition in a way that safeguards their uh, self-confidence, but also the well-being of their families and their communities. And did you receive help from Your Grateful Nation in that transition? Right. So as a matter of fact, that's a that's a really insightful question, Stefan. In 2016, uh, I made the decision to leave the 7th Special Forces Group and uh, and and keep my family in the panhandle of Florida, where we had uh, a great community, a great church, great schools. And my wife had uh, a great job. And, And so we made the decision as a family to stay and not take the next assignment. And as a result, um, I reached out to to people that I knew that had made a similar transition, specifically guys that had made a successful transition. And uh, a name that came up over and over again was Your Grateful Nation. And so I became a fellow in June of 2016 and uh, proceeded through the program. And my most prized sort of memory of that was my relationship with my mentor, who was an investment banker out of Atlanta. And despite uh, the fact that I was neither moving to Atlanta, uh, nor was I going into finance, my mentor sort of uh, worked with me. Every other week, we would do a phone call on Friday afternoon, and we would talk about my development and my prospecting and lead generation for opportunities that would be commensurate with my professional experiences and talents. So leaving the special forces, you didn't have the experience of lead generation and networking. Exactly. Never That's needed it. Exactly right. That's exactly right. And and so I had to learn what professional networking really was. I had to learn how to develop strategies for lead generation prospecting. Um, I had to learn to generate strategies for uh, interviews and and how to be successful with those. And so, again, 
I had the, the real privilege of, of having a relationship with a 27-year investment banker who, as you know, and your, your listeners will know, have incredible client relationship skills. And so it was very, very effective. With your organization and the transition, there's definitely got to be some framework and commitment on the side of the people who are, are joining the program. Give us an idea of what these special forces operators are now going to commit to to so they can transition into the private sector. Okay, so great question. And, and what I'll do is I'll break that down into some of its component parts. Okay. Um, we have a program that is designed to help and assist and support a special operator during his last year of active duty service so that when he actually completes his relationship with the U.S. Army, the U.S. Navy, the U.S. Air Force, that he has an immediate opportunity to provide for his family uh, with a a high-performance job, um, but also an opportunity to contribute. Because what all special operators almost universally seek is to be a part of something that's important and valuable. And so what our program does is try to make that happen. And we do that really in, in, in a series of phases. And the first one is, is the screening piece, um, such that uh, we will look at approximately 150 applications this year. And we hope to translate that into about 90 fellowships that we offer. And specifically, we are looking for folks who are, number one, committed to making their contributions to their company valuable, such that it's not just about them. It's, it's about making their new community, their new entity, their new organization a better one. Uh, and then another thing that we, we ask of all our fellows, uh, Stefan, is that um, they commit to helping the next man or woman uh, that is going through the program. We are primarily successful by using and developing networks that help our guys make this transition. Um, For a guy like you, for instance, you have 20 plus years of professional networking that's associated with what you do uh, in your uh, your businesses, um, but also in your previous jobs and also uh, those people that you're meeting in your sort of social outreach activities, like the Rotarians of Jackson Hole. Those people constitute a network of clients, customers, and and people that you can reach out to if you need a variety of of, uh, support activities. Our special operators have none of that. They've been gone. They've been gone. And they have been involved with a community that the support provided to them is all done within the auspices of the organization they belong to. So whether it's housing, whether it's jobs, whether it's professional education, uh, whether it's um, schools for their children, medical care for their children, it all emanates from one entity, which is the organization. And so helping them make this mental transition to understanding a simple thing is how the private sector is organized and how you can take advantage of opportunities if you understand that you know social obligations are a part of your life 
but they don't necessarily have to be directly connected to your professional obligations. So we walk them through this process. And, and uh, like I say, our phase one is, is one that we're very, very proud of. It consists of about 12 to 20 hours of psychometric testing and assessments uh, and whose outcome is a valuation statement that simply speaks to what value that particular fellow can provide to the private sector. And then the rest of the, the program is essentially attempting to find leaders in organizations who agree that, yes, that is the value I believe you would provide to my organization. Let me make you a part of it. What types of industries and roles are these fellows being placed in for their next step in their life? Right. So one of the, the themes that I, I wanted to share with you and your listeners um, was that uh, these folks that are going through our programs are essentially the elite uh, talent in the Department of Defense. And uh, they typically, year over year, our trend every year since inception has been for four primary sectors. And then last year we saw the emergence of the fifth, and I'll tell you what those are. Number one, financial management and wealth management. Number two, technology services. And I realize that's a sort of broad definition, uh, but it has to do, I think, with, with the broad uh, scope of technology services, whether it's financial technology, uh, inventory management, and that type of uh, technologies, or even collaboration and research technologies. I'm sort of lumping those together. Um, the third sort of segment that we see a high concentration is in consulting. So whether it's Deloitte, whether it is Accenture, or uh, noticing the book on your desk, Team of Teams, uh, we, we have recently placed uh, one of our guys into the McChrystal Group, uh, which is, again, a very sort of exclusive consulting group. Um, and so lots of success in consulting. Um, and then healthcare. Healthcare, uh, we've seen a lot of our guys go into both uh, operations uh, and uh, brand management, as well as sales and, uh, and business development uh, opportunities within healthcare. The fifth one, which is kind of exciting to me, uh, has recently sort of grown um, to uh, almost a, a sort of statistically important category, and that is construction management. What we have found is that uh, uh, some of the larger regional and national brands that do major construction projects are seeking um, folks who have an ability to solve complex problems while working with the most complex problems that there is, and that is the human uh, psyche. <laughs> yeah. And, and so these guys are, are dynamic problem solvers, but they also uh, come with essentially a Ph.D., of, of teamwork management and team leadership. And so what we have found is these construction companies um, value this and, and have given our guys very, very rapid promotions up to the vice president level uh, running $100 million projects. And, um, and we're, we're sort of really happy to see that. And we've got that going on in places like Boston and Tampa uh, and Nashville and, and we're looking for opportunities now on the West Coast with a couple of different uh, major construction companies. That's spectacular. You have narrowed this focus of industry. So when people come to you, you can say, you're not the right match. Right. That's exactly right. Um, and, and again, we are not a 
umbrella organization that is trying to do all things to all people. While we realize that all veterans uh, have contributed to the safety of the nation and our people, we are very narrowly focused on a select clientele, but also a select group of industries. And uh, the second part of your question, Stefan, was what are they doing? Mm -hmm. Right. So we've talked a little bit about the industries. Uh, let's talk a, a little bit about what are they doing. And, and um, so we've seen our, our more senior guys go into senior executive positions, whether it's COO, like I did, uh, whether it's uh, chiefs of staff, uh, general managers of, of manufacturing plants, or site supervisors, or vice presidents within some of these construction companies. That's what we see for our more senior guys. Um, and then what we're seeing a lot for our guys that are in the 28 to 32 uh, age uh, and experience, 10 years of experience types of guys, they, they really do two things, one of two things. One, they leave the service and go into an MBA program, you know, and I'll give you for instance. Right now, uh, we, have, we have two guys in the Harvard Business School, and one guy's even, you know, getting his law degree from Harvard Law School at the same time. We have two guys at MIT, a guy at Yale, a guy at Columbia, and, and two guys in Stanford. That speaks, I think, to the academic community's recognition of these talents. And, um, and we think that that gives us an opportunity to gain access to, you know, America's most high-performing companies. The second thing they do in, in companies like Bank of America and Goldman Sachs, uh, UBS and SunTrust, is they will go into these advanced management uh, courses where they'll spend two years uh, within these banks and, and sort of banking communities. And they will sort of rotate almost like a, residence, uh, a resident would be in medical school. And they'll be able to identify uh, those segments within the financial industry, whether it's investment banking, corporate banking, and, and, and other types of activities. Uh, and to find the place that's best for them. And so Bank of America, for instance, and UBS have these great programs that are specifically sort of aligned with the talents our guys bring. And so we've been very fortunate to to work with those companies. Sounds like an impressive resume that you're building for your grateful nation. Well, we're we certainly very proud of it. and and uh, But we realize we couldn't do it without the support of America's highest performing companies. And also, you know, I want to, to pause for a moment and, and recognize the people of Jackson Hole and uh, their willingness to reach out and welcome us into uh, your community. Um, but we see this around the country. And it's been a pleasure that I never forecasted to get to know these great Americans in places like Chicago and Boston and Rye, New York and, and Jackson Hole, Wyoming, who have a place in their heart for veterans and have a place in their companies for these, these great talents. Well, thank you. I think our community here in Jackson Hole and also in, in the greater valley, which would include Victor and Driggs, there's, um, it's a special area where we certainly welcome everyone, especially people that want to work hard and understand that life is hard and takes a lot of commitment and hard work. That's right. And, and, and the other thing, Stefan, I think it, 
what it takes is the willingness to be a part of someone else's success. So what I have found in my two days here is that we've been introduced uh, to folks that come from right here in Jackson Hole in the Valley, as you describe it, but also people that came here 26 years ago from New York or Boston or Florida, and they came here for whatever reason and have stayed. Mississippi is another great one. They've, they've come here and they've stayed and they've made it a priority to help other people be successful. And no one sort of exemplifies that more than, than our host, Bruce Bollinger, who him and his wife, Dawn, have, have made their home and their network of people in the valley uh, available to us to talk to. And, you know, we just couldn't be more honored and privileged to, to get to know them and get to know the, the people of Jackson Hole. And I learned on Tuesday when you presented to Rotary that Bruce is a mentor for the fellows in your organization. Yes, that's that's exactly right. In fact, Bruce is uh, one of our best mentors and a guy who has come on and been able to leverage the experience he gained as an executive on Madison Avenue. Whether it was in advertising or marketing, what Bruce is able to do is establish an immediate connection with our fellows and then provide the sort of unvarnished support that they need. And sometimes it's very frank and sometimes it's very affirmational. And the, the great thing uh, that I find about Bruce is that he knows the difference and, and he is able to do both of those things in a way that our fellows find very, very valuable. And I'll give you an example. The very first guy that we asked Bruce to work with, he, he reached for the stars and he said, I, I want to be a principal uh, partner at, uh, at one of the top three consulting firms in the country. And uh, Bruce said, let me walk alongside you and we will do everything we can to make that a, a successful objective for you. And so uh, really and truly six months later, a great fellow of ours got uh, hired to, to run an entire portfolio at Deloitte. And um, he's been an incredible success and we're just super proud of him. That's fantastic. And it says a lot for the fellow's hard work and commitment because I'm sure that person put in an extreme amount of work to get where he is. It didn't just happen overnight. But then also the commitment that Bruce said, let me walk right next to you and I'll be there with you to get you there. And that's a major commitment on the side of the mentor. Absolutely. And and you're 100% right. What we typically ask of each mentor is to um, make, available, make themselves available for 30 to 45 minutes uh, of a phone call every other week. And of course, like I say, Bruce is super committed to the program and it is completely common for Bruce to correspond with our fellows every week and then, you know, uh, have discussions that, you know, exceed 60 minutes every other week with these guys. And, and his intent, um, and one I think he's, he's really very capable uh, of, is, is to get them prepared so that when they walk in and begin to have a conversation with a perform a high performing company 
They look the part. They talk the part. They're informed. And uh, they are capable of demonstrating how they would provide value. I don't think any CEO in America uh, would say to you or I, hey, I have all the talent I need. Every senior leader in America is always looking to better his company by bringing on talent that will allow him to increase the, uh, the value and performance of his company. And I really think that uh, these, these special operators have the, that type of talent that they can do, that they can provide to these companies. We just have to figure out how we can set them up to make that connection and get their foot in the door. I agree. If an A player is in front of me, I do whatever I can to make sure that I can bring them on my team. Yeah. Because that A player is going to raise the bar for the rest of the team, but also for the entire organization. Absolutely. And let me ask you, Stefan, how long does it take for you to recognize that A player sitting on the other side of the desk? Uh, you can recognize it almost immediately. Exactly. Yes. And that's a principal element of our program. We want to get our fellows in the room with you because we know that if two high performers are in a room together, they will immediately know each other and develop that uh, or see one another as opportunities to make themselves and their organizations better. And that constitutes success for us. That's fantastic. How did your Grateful Nation become what it is today? Where did, where did it find its, its roots? Right. So I will tell you our origin story. Um, and it is loosely based on a conversation that uh, began at a cocktail reception in Washington, D.C. One of our founders is Rob O'Neill. And Rob O'Neill is, is sort of more widely known as the man uh, who entered Osama bin Laden's bedroom in Pakistan and uh, completed uh, President Bush's commitment to America that, that uh, we would find who did this and hold him accountable. Well, Rob O'Neill was that guy. And several months after uh, that activity took place, Rob was invited to a cocktail reception um, that was hosted by a bunch of great patriots. Um, and during the course of a conversation, uh, they said, well, Rob, what's next for you? And, uh, you know, his, his response was simply, I'm not sure. I must take care of my family. When I completed that task for the people of America and, and for uh, my community, I did not fully understand the impact that that would have on my family, my children. And so he said, I, you know, I, I need to figure this out. I don't know how many corporations and, and high-performance companies in America need someone with my talent set. There was a, a, a great woman that is the CEO, well, the founder and CEO of a great company called Griffin Technologies. And she said to him, Rob, I think you're missing the point. We don't need you to go in any of our competitors' bedrooms, right? That's ridiculous. <laughs> but we believe that the same drive and commitment to excellence that took a, you know, a guy from Montana, didn't even know how to swim, into the Navy, into the most elite organization in the Navy, and then projected him 8,000 miles away to the very cutting edge of U.S. foreign policy and allowed him to be successful the first time are exactly the types of talent that we look for in our companies. In a sense, as you described it, the A players. And essentially, she said to him, 
you and the people like you are A players. It is the challenge that every senior leader in America has to be able to identify A talent and bring him into the company and to apply him in such a way that the value that they bring is greater than themselves. And, um, and so we started uh, the organization at that time. And we have increased our output, in other words, our performance every year. And we have this, this sort of great board that represents technologies and manufacturing companies and investment banks and, and all of uh, talent management. Um, one of our senior, our, our, our sort of board members is a former senior executive for the McDonald's Corporation. Doesn't get much bigger than the McDonald's Corporation, right? And, and so these people bring these great perspectives and great sort of leadership and guidance to this organization so that we believe by the end of this year, we will have been involved with the successful outcome of over 200 special operators. And what's important to know about that is every one of those special operators has a family and they also benefit. And if I were sort of able to extrapolate a little bit, there are 200 communities around the, the uh, country that are going to be positively impacted by these people coming in and, and participating in the life of their communities. So it's it's a really positive thing and one that, that I'm very proud to be a part of. Rob, I, I'm speechless right now. What you and your Grateful Nation is doing for all of these special operators, but also the communities out here in in our great country is spectacular. So thank you, because I feel that even though you're not getting paid by the U.S. government, you are still serving our country. And, and thank you. Well, thank you, Stefan. And I, I would share with you one sort of idea and 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 then maybe a follow on thought. It has been my privilege to have spent 26 plus years of my life with some of the greatest Americans that are out there. And um, my success was more a result of their support for me um, and their pursuit of excellence than anything I ever did personally. If I can help them at any point now uh, to be successful in the next adventure, then I'm happy to do that. And then if I were able to uh, uh, sort of talk about how can Americans help, then I would simply say, come alongside us. We are a 501c3 and we are always in, in search of resources. And so I would be, you know, deficient if I didn't uh, mention that. Uh, and, and there is no such thing as too small of a gift. But also we are constantly looking for these senior executives and business owners and founders who have both the passion and the experience and the insight that we need to help our fellows. And uh, Bruce is a great example of that, as well as several other of the, the great residents of Jackson Hole that I got to meet those last couple of days. Thank you, Rob. For people that want to help out your Grateful Nation, how can they do that and how can they connect with you or others in the organization. Great. So what I would love and, and encourage anyone that is interested to learn more, to be a part of our uh, team, or to contribute uh, resources, we would love for you all to visit 
uh, our website. That's the best way for us to capture your contact information and, and develop a relationship with you. And that is simply ygn.org. So, the, and quite simply, yourgratefulnation.org. And so we encourage all of your listeners uh, that, that have any interest whatsoever in participating with our fellows to go and visit us at the website, uh, which will be the beginning of our relationship. And we look forward to doing so. So people can go to ygn.org, and there's a quick link in there for people to be able to donate to your Grateful Nation. Absolutely. It's the easiest button to find on our website, <laughs> you know, and, and it's kind of planned that way. Uh, but Stefan, anyone can go on their mobile uh, or on their laptop at home and, and simply click on the donate button and, and, and sort of choose whatever amount that their heart leads them to do. And are you looking for mentors as well? Uh, exactly. So we, we would love if any of your listeners feel like they have the passion and the experience and the insights that would be necessary to help these super performers, then please visit us on our website, ygn.org, and, and go to the contact us area. Uh, one of the drop down uh, menus will simply give you the opportunity to say, I would like to be a mentor. That's spectacular. Rob, I can't thank you enough. The content that you have provided today is absolutely spectacular. But more importantly, you have such a compressed schedule while being here in the Valley that you took the time to come here and, and talk with me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I wish you and your Grateful Nation all the best in any way that I can help spread the word for your Grateful Nation. I will certainly do that. Well, thank you, Stefan, and God bless America. Jackson Hole Marketplace, the small shop with a huge personality. Located at 4115 South Highway 89, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Or you can visit us online at jacksonholemarketplace.com. Jackson Hole Marketplace is the best little corner store not on a corner. Stop in for fresh hot breakfast and lunch made daily. Or if you're in a super hurry, there's plenty of other fast to grab and go items. Fuel the kid or a kid inside of you with ice cream, candy, snacks, and beverages. Like to enjoy the adult side of life? We have a fully stocked bottle shop with wines from around the globe, spirits to treat every taste bud, and really cold beer. We love treating our customers like family, so stop in and visit the team at Jackson Hole Marketplace. One more episode is complete, and I say farewell until next time. You rock for tuning in each week and sharing this podcast with your friends. Listeners such as yourself, keep me driven to continue searching out new guests to interview. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to be a guest or know of someone connected to Jackson Hole whom I should interview, send me a note via email, connect at thejacksonholeconnection.com, or you can connect with us via Facebook page, facebook.com slash jacksonholeconnection. Please subscribe, rate, and review the Jackson Hole Connection on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Five stars, of course, because I really like five stars. The Jackson Hole Connection is all about sharing, caring stories of worldly, wildly folks with a desire to share the fun side of life. This is Stephan Abrams, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. Thank you to my wife for her support. Thank you to Michael Morey for editing and directing me. 
Thank you to Luke Taylor for the rad music, and thank you to Tana Hoffman for spreading the word each week. Y'all come back again now, you hear?